Answering your questions about matters of the head, heart, and health. This is Gut Feelings with Lo Bosworth. Hello, hello. Welcome to your brand new episode of Gut Feelings, your go-to podcast for advice on matters of the head, heart, and health. I am your host, Lo Bosworth, the founder of women's wellness brand, Love Wellness. You can find us at Walmart in Digestive Health, Target in Natural Beauty and Women's OTC, Ulta in Bath on Amazon, and of course, at lovewellness.com. On this show, we answer your head, heart, and health advice questions like your best friend would. We're all about building an open community here, so if you have a particularly tough or awkward question for us, that's okay. Ask away. As you may know, tough and awkward is what we do best at Love Wellness. So with that, let's dive into your questions and today's guest. On today's show, we have such an incredible guest. I'm a huge fan of this person. It is Katherine Schwarzenegger-Pratt. Yay! Katherine is a New York Times best-selling author. She's an animal advocate, and she hosts her weekly Instagram live series, BDA Baby. I was on a couple weeks ago. It was great. We were talking all about the gut-vagina connection, how the vagina is an immunity organ. It supports pregnancy through immunity. And she joins us now to help answer your questions and share her best advice. All right. Hi, Catherine. How are you? I'm so, so happy to have you on the show. How are you doing? I'm great. How are you? I'm good. I had such a good time on BDA Baby the other week. I, I love that Instagram live. Thank you so much for coming on. I loved chatting with you and talking about all the amazing things that you're doing. So thank you for coming on. Yeah, of course. Okay, so we're going to jump right into the questions today. So we have a health question at the top of the episode. So our first question comes from a listener named Sherry. She is also a big fan of your Instagram live series, BDA Baby. She is a working mom of two young boys. They're two and six. That sounds challenging. Between the kids and her job, she says that she's constantly facing down total mom burnout and she puts her own health on the back burner. And I have to imagine that you feel similar or you may feel similarly, you know, some of the time with two kids. So her question really is, what steps do you take to make sure that she can care for herself while still being there for her family and her career? Because Catherine, you have two kids. You have so many projects. You have a book. I mean, you do so much. And I guess what she's really asking is like, what is the secret sauce? Like, what is your magic, your magic recipe for being able to prioritize yourself when you need to? It's a balancing act. And the balancing act is not balanced every day for sure. So understanding that is the number one most important thing. I think we go into... Are you okay with that though? Or does that like I've had to become get okay with you? it. I've become <laughs> okay with it. Because I think if you right. try every single day, like, oh, I have to have everything balanced. Everything in my life has to have the exact equal amount of time. I have to give myself time, my children time, my career time my husband time, my family, my friends time. So if you have that level of pressure, it's just, it's never ending and that's exhausting and it's just not realistic. So taking right, that yeah. off the table is number one most important thing. And it's interesting because this whole idea of mom burnout or just burnout in general is a huge topic that comes up for BDA baby of wanting to talk about and wanting support in that space because moms... Right are exhausted and they feel like they have such huge burnout of just going, 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 and then obviously neglecting themselves or neglecting certain parts of their life in the journey of that. 
I would say number one, you're definitely in a very similar boat to majority of us who feel that same feeling of burnout. And then I think just being gentle with yourself is probably the best piece of advice that I can give anybody feeling burnout, especially in the mom space, because you have kids that are needing your love and support and attention all the time and a partner as well and different parts of your life. So being gentle with yourself and just knowing that it's not always going to be running perfectly and running smoothly. You're going to be late. You're going to have things not go your way. Your kids are going to get sick. You're going to have to go to appointments. So being a little bit more flexible, which is something that's been hard for me to accept because I'm very structured and scheduled and have been my whole life. And since becoming a parent- I know, you were five minutes early for the podcast. (laughs) I tried to be on time. (laughs) It was so delightful. I have other people who are so late. I'm like, no, Catherine is going to be on time. And you were early. <laughs> I was. And I think that also just comes from being the oldest in my family. Like I'm the oldest child. And so I think that like being prompt and on time, but I listen, there are days where I'm not. So you caught me on a good day. So it's, it's focusing on what you can do, what you can do to help yourself feel balanced every day. And that's different every day. So being gentle with yourself, knowing that there are different seasons where things are harder to balance, different areas are harder to balance in your life. And just Mm -hmm. also keeping in mind that you are the best version of yourself when you can give yourself some time to do things that make you happy. So being the stressed out, crazy, exhausted version of yourself is not going to be a great version of yourself to give your children either. And so- You know, if it's going on a walk, if it's just going outside and taking a breath, if it's going to get a coffee, whatever those small things are that you can just find a moment to center yourself and then go forward in your day. I think that's Mm -hmm. kind of the things that I take throughout the day to help me on that journey. I'm curious, has your, and this is a question for me, but it relates to Sherry's question. Has your identity or like how you view yourself as you've gotten married and become a mom changed? Like, is the Catherine that you were a different (laughs) Catherine now? I'm genuinely curious. And I mean, in like a a really kind, nice way. But do you think that that like influences your perspective, your feelings on all this stuff, you know? Because I think for a lot of people, when it comes to this mom burnout, and I don't have children, so I, I can't speak to this. But I think people talk about this type of burnout to a certain degree. I think what they're struggling with is like a loss of identity right? Because yeah, for sure. it's not just you anymore. You have all yeah. these people that need you. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. I mean, I think that I, for me personally, I definitely changed the way that I thought about certain things, the way I lived my life after having kids. And I would say that I lived my life very similarly after Chris and I got married. But of course, I also you know, you now have a partner in your life that you want to communicate with and take their thoughts and opinions and communication about different things into consideration when making choices. Obviously, that happens when you find a partner. But it's when you have kids, you definitely live your life and lead your life in a different way. And for me, as I mentioned, I'm the oldest in my family. I'm the oldest of four. And I've always really loved my role as the oldest. I know some people are like, oh, I really didn't like being the oldest or I didn't like being the middle or the youngest. I've loved being the oldest. I've loved responsibility since I was little. I've loved 
hurting my siblings or being help to, <laughs> to my mom. I, You're like giving I, your little brother, yeah. what is it called when you give him like little things on the head? Yeah, a little, <laughs> what are they called? Like a noogie on the head? A noogie, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I've always just, I've really embraced that. So for me, I've always known I wanted to be a mom. And then when I became hmm. a mother, it felt very comfortable and natural to me to have the responsibility yeah, of- yeah, of kids around me. I've always loved all of the mom responsibilities and I did them before having kids with my younger siblings. I always wanted to help my mom or help my friends who had little kids. So I definitely loved that part of it. Of course, the part of it where you you know are getting up in the middle of the night or your body is going through so many different changes with hormonal changes and breastfeeding and you're healing after you have a baby or you're pregnant again and you're trying to manage all that. That was different for me, for sure. I think I mm-hmm. also, I heard about this mom burnout and also just burnout in general. And then I heard about it from my friends. And I also would talk to my mom about it because my mom has four kids. I watched her my whole life be constantly working, be very attentive to my dad in her relationship and in her marriage and in my dad's career, in my mom's career, my mom took care of both of her parents as they got older and as they were sick. She's very involved in my whole family. So I saw my mom live this life of doing so many different things all the time and also being a very present hands-on mom and just doing it with joy and grace and always seemed like she was having so much fun. And I always watched that and I marveled at her ability to do that. And I know that, of course, yeah. she, I talked to her now and she's like, I was very overwhelmed or I was exhausted <laughs> or, you know, I was so stressed out. But she always made us kids feel like we were the most important and best thing in the world to her and to my dad. And I, I see a lot of people who are like, oh, I'm so tired or this is such a pain or this is so hard or, you know, and I always tried to go back to just watching my mom do it all. And I'm gentle with myself. And also I find it inspiring to look back at how my mom was and just be like, you know, I want my kids to feel like I have fun and I love, you know, doing fun and adventurous things and that they can watch me try to balance different parts of life, but also understand that there is no such thing as having everything balanced all the time. But my kids are, my kids and my family, that's my priority. So if other things fall down on my list of priorities, they fall down on my list of priorities. But mm-hmm. my kids and my family, those are are my most important people and my most important things in life to keep track of. And I think just being able to have good communication and good check-ins and be realistic about the different seasons of life and things, you know, being hard at certain times and being easier at other times and just being gentle with yourself, I think is is the most important thing. Yeah. All right. News update from me. At the office, we're calling February FemCare Freebies Month because we have a special promo happening on lovewellness.com right now. So right now on lovewellness.com, you get five free samples on all orders over $45 plus free shipping on that order. That means that you get to try some of our best-selling FemCare products and you're going to get our travel vitamin organizer. Visit lovewellness.com to get your five free samples right now. You were talking about postpartum and getting pregnant again. It actually is a good lead into our next question, which is a head question. It's 
is also a health question too. It comes from Anna. She just became a mom for the first time and she's experiencing postpartum. She knows that this is common, but I think that she is speaking to kind of the idea that I think for the first time ever, people are discussing postpartum more openly Mm -hmm. and she's finding a lot of relief in that. I don't want to say camaraderie, but maybe community, right? She knows Mm -hmm. she's not alone because I think that postpartum can be a uniquely challenging experience. Mm-hmm. So what have you learned from sort of the BDA baby community or your own experience about postpartum? And what did the path forward look like for you if you experienced some of these things? Or what advice can you provide to somebody who is going through an experience like this? Because hormones are a bitch, man. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> hormones are interesting. Are you talking about postpartum, just like the journey of postpartum or depression? She is experiencing postpartum depression. But I think there's so much that goes into postpartum that people are starting to talk about. Yeah, there's definitely much more open form of dialogue about postpartum life, whether it's postpartum depression, postpartum anxiety, just all the different components that come into play when you are having just given birth to a child and you are, especially for the first time, experiencing a totally different role and version of your life that's Mm -hmm. for sure can be very overwhelming. I have talked to a lot of people who've experienced postpartum depression and it looks different for everybody. So it's very confusing in that way. And also our medical system is very challenging with not paying enough attention to mothers after they have children and taking care of them and giving them what they need. So it's you know, we live in a culture that's kind of, you give birth and then you just kind of get right back into life. And there are people that that might work for. And there are other people who might need to take a moment to readjust to what their life looks like now after having had a baby and been pregnant. And, you know, for a lot of people, they can just bounce back and their hormones aren't that crazy. And then for other people, Mm -hmm. it can be much more challenging. I remember always, for me, physically, I felt okay, I know that I'm going to have a baby and I'm not going to, everybody says you're not going to recognize yourself when you look in the mirror. Your body's going to be different. You're going to be exhausted. You're now going to have a baby. You're going to be up all night. And I was okay with all of that. I didn't really feel like, oh my gosh, I didn't know about any of this. I think what I didn't know about was feeling the hormone drop after you have a baby of all of a sudden you have like you're cold and then you're hot and you're breastfeeding and your boobs are really hard and, you know, <laughs> breastfeeding yeah, is... Yeah, I haven't had a baby. So I was like, what is that like? <laughs> yeah, breastfeeding like. is very, it's a beautiful thing and it's amazing and it's a great thing to be able to, to do and connect with your baby and any form of feeding is a beautiful and amazing thing. And for me, I breastfed both of my girls. And I mean, it is like a full-time job separate from anything else that you're doing. The maintenance and the care of your body that you need to be mindful of when you're breastfeeding, it's really, I have a whole different level of respect for people who breastfeed and who do it, you know, if it's one month, if it's six months, if it's two years, whatever it is, it's, there's so many different things that you never had to factor in. It's like you have to bring your pump everywhere. You're leaking. Your boobs oh. get hard. You start sweating. You have knots in your boobs. Then your hormones, they Why drop. Why do you start and then sweating? They because your hormones <laughs> take like a huge nosedive. After you have a baby, your hormones just go like, you know, they drop completely. Everything that you've okay, been yeah. building in your body for the past nine months all of a sudden drops. 
And so totally different out of nowhere. Yeah. Out of <laughs> or nowhere. I guess after the baby comes out. <laughs> well, it's after the baby comes out. But like for me, it was six or seven days later. I all of a mm. sudden was like freezing cold and sweating in my bed. And then like, oh my gosh, my boobs were leaking. And I was like, what is this? Like, I'm tired. Oh. I have a baby. <laughs> so it's very different. And then you're like, wait, I'm so happy and I'm so emotional and what's going on and I'm tired and like, I love my baby and I love my husband. And also like for me, when I became a mom for the first time, I was also factoring in COVID, which I was very unknown oh my about and like in the thick of COVID. So there were a lot of different things going on that I was trying to keep track of. But I think hormones can be challenging. Having somebody that you can check in with and that you can be open and honest with about how you're feeling is really important because don't be embarrassed or don't be ashamed to ask for help when you need it. If you need someone mm-hmm. to come over and sit with your baby while you take a shower, do it. If you need someone to help you do the dishes, do it. If you need more support from your husband or from your partner, ask for it. Don't be ashamed to ask for help in this time of your right. life. This is a very fragile and important time of your life. It's not only a fragile and important time of life for you, but also for your newborn. So ask for help. People want to help you. I think it's always wild to me when my friends have kids. I'm like, let me help you. Like, let me right. set, let me Postmates you dinner. Don't think about what you're going to have for dinner. Let me Postmates you food. Let me drop off some food or drop off something that you need for your baby. People want to help you and yeah. call on those people, ask for help. It's it's going to take a village to raise your children at all phases of life. So start getting comfortable with that village now because the sooner you can get comfortable with calling on that village, the easier your journey with motherhood will be. Yeah. Well, I think it's interesting. We didn't used to necessarily live in these single family homes. Do you know what I mean? We used to live with our families, with our parents, with our siblings, with all their children, right? Exactly. We used to literally live with our village. And I think the idea of child rearing has changed because of that, right? And moms have to take on so much individually. And I just don't think it's reflective of the natural way. (laughs) Definitely not. You know, there's like this shame of like, oh my God, I need help or that internal feeling of I can't do it all. But I don't think that we're supposed to be able to do it all. And I think that realizing that is like an important part of it. Yeah. It's realizing honestly, and I have said this before, and it was an interesting realization to come to, but it was like this idea, We, I want to do it all. Oh my gosh, I, I have so many different things. I want to do it all. I want to do this, this, and this. And I was like, yes, I want to do a lot of different things, but I don't want to do it all by myself. I have no interest yeah. in doing it all by myself. I want to lean on my mom. I want to lean on my dad. I want to lean on my sister and my two brothers and my mm-hmm. husband and my friends. Like I want to do all of these things, but I do not want to do them alone. And I think that's where we get this different version of pressure and confusion about what life is and all the different things that you want to accomplish in your life that you have to do it by yourself. Yeah. Don't do it by yourself because it's going to be impossible to do it all on your own. You need mm-hmm. help. You need to be comfortable leaning on people for help, asking for help, and going back to how we were originally designed as human beings to live and to raise our families and also to take care of our parents as they get older. It's not right. to be across the country from each other. It's to be able to, if you're able, live close in proximity, be able to have your kids and say, hey, mom, dad, brother, sister, can you come and help me? I need to run and pick up this kid. Can you help me with this other kid? Like These are all parts Mm -hmm. of life that you want to be able to 
lean on family. And I am definitely of the kind that I would love nothing more than to just all live in a home with my siblings, with both of my parents. Like I would love that. I would be very down for that lifestyle, (laughs) but I feel really lucky that I'm able to live five or 10 minutes from every member of my family. It's the greatest blessing. I do not take it for granted. It is my favorite thing ever. And it's a huge blessing for me that I'm able to also see how each member of my family is able to be so involved in both my girls' lives because we live next to each other and because we're able to call on each other for support. My mom picks up my daughter every single Friday from school and they have their day together, which also lets me have more time with my other daughter and do things that I need to get done in that time. So, you know, setting that up for yourself is such a huge gift and it is the greatest blessing that I could have ever come up with is living in close proximity to my family in this time in my life, especially. Yeah. Have you had any experts on your Instagram live that can really support very purposefully, you know, through postpartum, whether somebody's experiencing depression, anxiety. You know, my friend had really, really bad postpartum anxiety, and Mm -hmm. she started to see a psychologist that actually specializes in postpartum. For sure. And I think that more of these experts are kind of coming into the field. So have you had anybody really interesting kind of on the Instagram Live or anybody that you could recommend, like a field, just anything like really tangible that somebody struggling through postpartum could look up or do a little research on? There are a lot of different experts that I have had on that have talked about postpartum depression, postpartum anxiety, and also relationships after baby, which is a huge Mm -hmm. subject because people don't know how to navigate romance after baby, sex after baby, communication after baby. These are all very important and very popular subjects for people Mm -hmm. to be able to get advice and seek wisdom and seek help in that space. Of course, if you're able to see a therapist, that's a huge gift. And there are people who specialize in postpartum women and also navigating relationships postpartum because for so many people, they have no idea how to communicate with their partner after having a baby. People are exhausted. Couples are exhausted. And how do you have intimacy after having a baby? How do you even carve out time for each other after you have this person who's now living with you and that's also depends on you and you have to care and you get to look after and be a part of their life, of course. But it's how do you also carve out time for you and your significant other. So there are a lot of different people that we've had on for BDA Baby where if it's a therapist, if it's someone who's experienced postpartum depression or postpartum anxiety that have been able to turn their experiences into helping others that are also experiencing that same depression or anxiety or confusion about Mm -hmm. who they are and their identity and also how they navigate their relationship moving forward. So We have everything on BDA Baby from therapists to psychiatrists to specialists to pelvic floor therapists to couples and relationship experts. So it's all covered there. And it's also a subject Mm -hmm. that I continue to want to talk more about because people still need so much help and guidance and wisdom. And it's definitely, as you were saying, something that we're talking more openly about now. So being able to provide that for people is important to me. I think that's great. Yeah, just in the past couple of years, recent years, I think people have started to have more open conversations about postpartum. 
Before our last question today, I just want to pop in one more time to remind you about the chatter happening at the Love Wellness office February, right? Femcare Freebies Month. So lovewellness.com right now, you get five free samples on all orders over $45 plus free shipping. You do not want to miss out on the chance to try so many of our best-selling products. Visit lovewellness.com right now to get your five free samples in February. Okay, on to our last question. And I love this question, not only because I love animals, but you do too. And it really touches, I think, on your philanthropic work and some of your passions. So obviously, you are a massive animal lover and advocate. You serve as ambassador for Best Friends Animal Society and the ASPCA. So you give your time, your voice, your energy um, to spread awareness about animal rescue. So our last question comes from Polly. And I actually, I love this question. She's adopting her first dog. And she wants to know, what are your top five tips to create a safe, welcoming, and loving space for the puppy that she's about to bring home? She also wants you to know that she's a first-time dog owner. And I think that, like, there's a lot that you think you might know, but you don't Mm -hmm. know. (laughs) Yeah. So give us your five dog ownership tips, please. (laughs) Yeah. I would say that for me, when anybody tells me that they're thinking about getting a dog or a cat or an animal, my number one thing is to foster first because you can Mm. see, basically you can see- What it's actually like. (laughs) What it's really like. And also if that works for you. There were so many people, you know, who during COVID adopted animals of all different kinds. And then the world opened back up and so many animals had to be returned because people didn't understand how much of a commitment it really is to have a dog or have a cat or have an animal in their home that they had to look after. So it is a really big responsibility to have an animal and a dog, especially, you know, you have to take them out, you have to take them on walks, they go outside. So factoring all of those things in when you decide to actually make the commitment and fully adopt an animal is really important. If you can foster first to see what kind of a dog would work for your family and work for whatever environment you live in is really Mm -hmm. a huge gift that you can give yourself and the future animal that you choose to adopt. So how do you go about fostering? Do you like find a rescue in your neighborhood and you're like, hi, I want to foster? Well, (laughs) there are a lot of (laughs) amazing organizations in every city that need fosters. Fosters are a huge part of making the animal rescue world work. And we have huge issues of overcrowding, especially in Los Angeles at all the shelters. They're basically filled to the rim. They cannot accept more animals. And it's people who offer their time and their homes to be able to foster and take in animals that really allow people to help animals in need and be voices for the voiceless. And so it's people who say like, hey, I have the ability to take in some puppies or I have the ability, I'm, I work from home, I can take in an elderly animal and help out for a couple of weeks. That's really such a huge gift that people are giving to the animal community and also just animals in general. So mm-hmm. if you're able to do that, there are so many local organizations that need fosters and would happily accept help for cat fosters, dog fosters, rabbit fosters. There are so many animals that need help. So that's something that I try to do in our home as well and also try to gently teach my children about what fostering is and also what Mm. a huge and exciting role that can be in their lives. We had a foster here recently that was a little puppy that needed a 
heart procedure. And so my girls both helped me take care of the foster. We got him all healthy. We found him a home. And it was sad to see him go, especially for them. But it was also really exciting to have them be able to tell people, we got this puppy healthy. We helped them get nice and strong. And now they're in their home forever where they're happy and healthy. So being able to also just have kids grow up around that lesson is so great and something I'm really passionate about. But I would say anybody who gets an animal for the first time, even just like having a baby for the first time, setting up that village that you are going to call on to help you, you're no longer the only person that you have to think about. You now, if you go out of town or if you're staying out late, you need to think about who's going to help you take your dog out, care for your dog, help you feed your dog. If your dog gets sick, how are you going to manage that? These are things that you need to think about. It's fun and exciting to think about getting an animal and they come with responsibilities. So you have to think about those things when you decide to get an animal. And I think just knowing that like you're going to give them so much love is really exciting and so fun. And it doesn't matter what kind of dog bed you have or what kind of home you live in. If you're giving them love, that's the most important thing. And just, you know, setting yourself up for success is, is the best thing you can give to an animal. Okay, so it doesn't matter what kind of dog bed you get. (laughs) (laughs) That's actually really helpful, you know? Like, I think it's helpful to give people, like, actual, like, tactical wisdom like that. You know what I mean? It turns out it doesn't matter what dog bed you get on Amazon. It doesn't. They're going to be fine. Do you, like, yeah, they're going to be fine. Do you take, like, a specific approach or do you, like, have a training method? Uh, Like, you know how people do, like, gentle parenting? Like, there's this, like, gentle dog training, I think, sort of, like, community, which I think is really nice, right? So do you have an approach that you take that has worked really well for you, both, I mean, with fosters and with other animals that you've adopted? Because having a puppy or a kitty or anything is hard. It is hard. It's a lot of work. I would say that what I've learned is that I am gathering it similar to parenting, which is Mm -hmm. you can think that your version of parenting a dog or parenting a child is going to be one way. And if that child or dog, if their personality is a certain way that doesn't work with how you think that you might want to raise them or parent them, you have to be flexible with that and figure out what works for their personality type. And Mm -hmm. I have grown up with dogs my entire life. And every single dog that we've had has had a different version of animal training or animal loving and animal discipline. And so I think it really just depends on you, what phase of your life you're in, and also what the animal is like, for sure. And I Mm -hmm. see that even not to compare like dogs to humans, but it's it's this idea of like parenting and how you want to do things for different homes and different children. It's the same kind of a thing. It's kind of like you have to figure out what works for you. You can't just look at all these Instagram videos of how people choose to parent their kids and say, that's exactly how I'm going to do it. And if that doesn't work for me, then I'm a failure. You have to figure out what works for you, what works for your family, what works for you and your partner, and also what works for your child. So I would say that I've seen, when it comes to dogs, I've seen a lot of different forms of dog training. And some work sometimes, some work a different time. And it's really just depends (laughs) on the dog that you end up with, I guess. (laughs) Yeah, I think it's very individual in terms of the dog. Yeah. All right, well, that was really, I like the idea of foster first. I think that is really, really great advice. It's very important. You'll learn a lot in your fostering journey because you'll see how big of an undertaking it really is. And Mm -hmm. also like, is this 
a smart time in your life to be able to get a dog? Like, is this a good time to add another member to your family and to your household? Is that smart for you to do? And if it is, awesome. That's so nice. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. You gave such great advice and personal insight. So I think our listeners really, really appreciate it when people come on and they're willing to be really open about their own experiences when it comes to answering community questions. So it was really great. Anyway, I hope you have wonderful holidays. Happy New Year. Thank you, too. How exciting. thank you so much for joining us. Of course, of course. See ya. Bye. All right, everyone, I want to say a big thank you to Catherine for coming on the show today, for being so real with us and so honest on so many topics. I also want to thank all of you for listening, of course, joining me for this episode. If you have a head, heart, health question, email us at gutfeelings at lovewellness.com. You can DM it to me or Love Wellness, or you can leave your question on our show's social posts in the comments. And if you like the show, please, please do not forget to hit that subscribe button so that you never miss an episode. I'm Lil Bosworth, and I will see you next time on Gut Feelings. Thank you.